sometimes it's just good to be reminded that there, that uh, at the end of the day, whatever you're doing, be a service or a product, there is someone at the end using it. And why is this thing existing in the first place? Um, it's the very first part of um, understanding and empathy. Yeah. Welcome to Stuck in Design, where our founders share candid conversations about design, creativity, and business. Let's begin. Um, yes, I think so. I think design thinking is actually suitable for everybody. Um, it's, it's just a way of thinking or, or process or methodology that um, designers use in their day-to-day. -day. Um, but if you break it down into the phases or the benefits of it, actually it's very suitable for everybody. Because the, 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 the stages, we inevitably have to talk about the stages of design thinking then. Um, that there's the part where you have to understand people, create empathy, and through understanding, uh, frame up questions or things that would be beneficial and relevant to them. So that's the very first phase of um, the design thinking process, right? To understand and create empathy. Um, we can go a little bit deeper into that, but then um, it's, it's the basic fundamental is to understand the person or the user, so to speak, in a design sense, um, and subsequently coming up with um, relevant questions or problems that they, you should be addressing. So I think the very first um, um, lesson in design has always been, are you asking the right questions, right? Uh, whatever you are, before you invest the time into solving a problem, are you actually asking the right problem? And that initial phase of empathy and understanding um, will help um, to define the right problem. Uh, and then the second stage is actually the creative stage where you start um, coming up with solutions. Um, and I, why I think it's very relevant to everybody is because, um, number one, you need to understand, like let's say even in, in um, let's say planning a trip or a travel trip for your, your parents, for example, or planning an activity for your kid, uh, or planning something for yourself. You need to understand the user, and it, it could be your parents as the user, the kid as the user, uh, or yourself as the end user. Um, so when that happens, you can understand what they need at that time. So it's contextualized, it's relevant. Uh, with that, then you ask the right questions like, um, okay, um, should I then go for uh, a cruise because they don't maybe like to walk too much or they like to you know, have it contained and easy, easy for my parents, for example. Uh, or should I engage in more hands-on activity for my kid because he's at a stage now where he needs to uh, maybe explore a little bit more about his uh, you know, uh, psychomotor skills and you know, activity-based uh, learning. So that kind, form, that kind of understanding and questioning forms up the basis or the framework to find solutions. That's when you start looking for the right crews, um, the, the, the kind of crews that will feed them. Um, but you know you're looking for something like a cruise, right? Um, and for the kid, you know you're looking for some sort of hands-on activity, then you start uh, problem solving, you're coming up with creative solutions like, should I use materials from my home, at home? Uh, should I start buying from Carousel or you know, buying online? Um, so that goes into the next stage of creativity. And I think the design thinking process is to help um, you come up with a lot of solutions from multiple angles based on the question and framing. Um, then that naturally goes into the next stage where you start prototyping and then uh, testing and improving. So in this case, let's say the travel example, you could prototype it by just showing your um, parents the itinerary or the, the website of the cruise um, ship or you know, the, the, um, the, ac the activities that happens on the cruise ship. And you could test it with different multiple versions. You could, you could go with this particular cruise provider, you go with another one and say, maybe you don't like cruise, okay, like, let, let's... Um, um, you know, so that's where your, 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 your parents might feedback and say, actually we've been to cruise last year, can we try something different? So okay, let's go for a staycation or let's go for you know, a club mat, you know, whatever. And then you start prototyping again, you know, collecting the information, coming with the solution, the package. 
and then uh, trying to um, show it to your parents and say, how about this, you know, is this good, is this timing good? Uh, and you get feedback and you iterate and you improve on it. So that's um, similarly for the kid as well, right? You could just try out a little activity at home to see if, you know, he's responding well. If he does well, you could, um, you know, um, go a little bit deeper into developing a solution, like for example, um, um, engaging him in a longer time frame activity or, you know, making a routine. Um, so you do prototype and you test and you kind of gauge the feedback. And that's essentially the whole uh, design thinking process. Mm, yeah. Actually, it sounds like uh, it is something that um, maybe people do a bit of in their everyday life, but they might not re actually see it in the, through the lens of a design thinking process mm. or as explicitly labeled. Um, so I was wondering whether uh, for people who like maybe the examples that you mentioned, mm. uh, could you uh, share how they can think of it in the design thinking way mm. or, or see that, that design thinking process a bit clearer? Uh, mm. Yeah, and how it might help them. For, for non-designers? Yeah, for non-designers. I see. Um, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, it's actually a very natural thing we do. Um, but putting it into a framework and process just helps to um, kind of structure it so that it can, uh, you can train to do it if you are uh, not familiar with it or you don't practice it often or you don't even know you're practicing it. Um, so sometimes to designers, the, the term design thinking seems rather um, uh, obvious, right? Like, hey, I've been doing it in my own practice. And, but that's because of the, the, the nature of the work that designers engage in. They need to understand, create, test, and before they eventually roll out and improve on it and roll out, right? Um, so for non-designers, um, I think it's just a matter of understanding the, 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 the fundamental mindset behind it. Um, so you don't really need tools, you don't really need, um, you don't really need uh, very sophisticated things, you know. It's really just about understanding who the person is, and it could be yourself. So sometimes that framework or that process can be applied on yourself like, okay, uh, which school should I go to? Then you need to understand yourself a little bit, what you're interested in, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, then you go through the process of, you know, coming up with different solutions like studying overseas here, part-time, full-time, you know, coming up with different solutions and you can test it as well, right? Working, half working, half studying, you could test it out as well. Um, so I think it's just embracing that mindset of uh, understanding the, the end user and then subsequently coming up with multiple variations of uh, solutions. Uh, and then testing um, a few of the more potential or the ones that resonate a little bit more. So testing the ideas out by prototyping or making it a little bit more concrete, I think. Um, and then just improving based on the test. So that's as simple as I think um, it is for design thinking. Uh, could you give two different scenarios where design thinking can play a part in... Yeah, maybe two very different disciplines, like, just to give a contrast of... Discipline. Uh, I think um, mm, I think in terms of product development, let's say from an engineering perspective, um, it, 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 or rather if you look for extremes or, 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 or different um, value chain of the whole um, um, kind of service or product um, rollout or development phase, right? I think the ones that would benefit a lot from design thinking would be um, uh, areas where you don't directly um, work with the, the end consumers. So that's where you're kind of siloed or you might be um, over time because of the nature of work um, be separated from uh, the end user. So having a sense of um, refresh of design thinking um, 
using it as a process to even you know, think of, okay, I'm building this feature, you know, like the waterfall uh, uh, kind of process, you know, in app development, or I'm building this feature, you know, I'm building this thing and it's trickled down here, and I've got different work streams, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that. But at the end of the day, I think it's good to just take a step back and say, why am I doing this? You know, who am I designing for? And that's the very first step of design thinking is to understand and have empathy for the end user. And and you might not get access to the end user, but it might be just good to clarify with your different departments or your you know um, team, right? Or if it's a mixed discipline team, and you could say, hey, why are we doing this in the first place? Can I understand the, the the motivation and nature of the 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 feature? So I could then program it or code it in a way that it fits as well. So that becomes a very um, um, healthy discussion and you always make sure whatever you're doing um, is beneficial to the eventual user. Then I think um, because it's called design thinking, um, but actually it's a very fundamental and normal thing that we do. Um, sometimes um, along the way as we silo ourselves into industries and practices, right, you kind of forget like uh, a lawyer needs to, and I'm sure they do, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, they practice different ways of design thinking. They need to understand their client, they need to understand their patient, uh, and sometimes it's just good to be reminded that there, that uh, at the end of the day, whatever you're doing, be it a service or a product, there is someone at the end using it. Even if you're building a robot, you know, there is someone at the end using it or you know, uh, benefiting from it. And why is this thing existing in the first place? Um, it's the very first part of um, understanding and empathy. Yeah. Mm. I mean, naturally, there are business considerations like um, productivity, um, 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 technological advances, um, political uh, advantages, strategic um, uh, reasons that this product might exist. But at the end of the day, um, there is going to be an end user. And it depends on where you want to play the end user role, right? The end user could be um, um, the board members of the company because they will benefit strategically from this and how would they do it. And then you could then package out that um, solution or strategy or, or product to fit that end user's motivations and goal. The end users could be eventually people who actually use the product. Uh, that's typically for a lot of product designers, the end users are the end people using the products. So you could have multiple users of a solution, uh, multiple stakeholders, they would call it. And so I think that's like, if you really expand the design thinking framework, you're not only looking at the eventual, eventual user. That's only if you come from a value-driven perspective that whatever I want to create in terms of service or product uh, has to be valuable to people. That's from a very value, people-centric perspective. Um, but you could also be a stakeholder-centric perspective. Um, because design thinking, I mean, the broad term of it is human-centered. And human can be a business stakeholder, it can be a political stakeholder, it can be a social stakeholder, it could be the user stakeholder, so to speak. So there's multiple different stakeholders as well. It could be operator as a stakeholder, right? Mm. Okay. So um, just now you're you mentioning um, the example was from a product uh, development, uh, yeah, product development standpoint. Is there another um, maybe contrasting mm. sales service? Um, service standpoint would be, um, yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, um, I was just walking towards here to the to the meeting room here, right? And um, um, a person is asking for a survey. Uh, it's a door to door uh, cold call survey, right? Um, and and I I mean we've never met before, right? Uh, and he's at the door, and when you open the door, or when I open the door just now, immediately it was a bullet of um, things coming up from him, like. It was, uh, we're doing this survey for who, who, and uh, you know, if you scan it here, you, you can do the survey, I'll come back and give you a voucher later, blah, blah, blah. And you know, this is, uh, I mean, it's a service, right? I mean, it's a door-to-door -door service. 
Um, and as much as it is as end user, what I'm getting is uh, um, I'm not being understood at all. Like, right from the start, and um, regardless he's trying to sell something or, or giving a service or experience, right? Uh, I'm not being understood at all because the person is coming out from my office and the first thing he didn't ask was, um, or, or maybe should have been asked was, do you have five minutes? You know, I, you look, you look, we are rushing somewhere, but do you have five minutes? You know, and how long the survey is going to take? Uh, and how much time I need from you? Uh, if not, can I come in? You know, it's, this, this would come from a very user-centric um, uh, perspective where you understand the person. So, I mean, very good examples of um, sales and service um, people is um, whenever you enter um, a, a shop, right? Um, they would always um, try to understand what you need first in, in a way maybe it's also understanding that people who go into the shop might not want to be disturbed immediately, so they will sometimes observe first. So you can see different methods of working and um, that solutioning, that say deciding to say I approach you this way or I wait five minutes before I approach you, uh, I call you up first or and when I meet you, I, I actually um, state my, my purpose or how long I'm going to need from you. Um, it's a different solutioning, but that, that coming up um, with understanding that someone might have different uh, need and everybody is different is actually quite human-centered. So going to a shop, I appreciate um, salesperson who observe and see if this person likes to browse first or is looking around for an answer and then approaches you. So he's kind of very um, human-centered, like person-centered, right? Like he's looking at you and seeing, what do you really need and therefore I provide different forms of solutioning. Uh, rather than I have a template, I'm going to come up to you and this is what I'm going to sell you and this is my speech. Um, then that's very um, sales-centered or very uh, process-centered. So it's not human-centered. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's another example where design thinking can really help. If um, we do, you don't need to go through that complex methodology, but you just sit down and say, you know, what does that person really need and maybe observe a little bit. That, that would be really um, helpful already. Yeah, actually, just now what, what, what you mentioned actually reminded me of uh, this grab ride that I was having just uh, yesterday. So I was on the way to uh, NUH, right? And then uh, the, the grab driver, um, after I ordered the grab, uh, he, he, he called saying uh, that, or he saw that I was on the way to the hospital. Maybe you want to cancel the, the order because uh, there was a jam on the way to, to mm. the, the hospital. So I thought that was quite nice. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, nice. It's not just uh, uh, telling the uh, end user the, the benefits you're trying to bring him is um, empathizing with the person uh, what that person actually needs. La. So maybe the person actually doesn't have time to listen to you then uh, just, just don't force it in, in that sense. La. Yeah, I mean, it's also, um, that's why I think it's beneficial and uh, overall because at the day after he explained to me for like five minutes or so and I had to say, I'm sorry, actually I was rushing for a meeting and because I asked him how long it takes, he said 20 minutes. I said, I'm rushing for a meeting and um, you can try other, my, some of my other colleagues, which if he had asked me right from the start, do you have 20 minutes? I would say, I, I'm sorry, I don't have, but maybe my colleagues have. It would have saved him five minutes of his time. Uh, and if every door that he knocks, it saves him five minutes, I think overall he will have less frustration from people, but at the same time, he will also um, have got a better process for himself. Uh, so I think generally, just being able to always um, try to empathize. And I, I, and I didn't want to be you know, too, 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 too rushed about with him as well, because I know he's doing door-to-door, -door, which is quite tough, right? Yeah. If you apply design thinking on his side, uh, if he applied design thinking and you apply design thinking, and even if I don't say design thinking is empathy, 
then I think um, the, the process of either the service or the product or the just generally interaction would have been better. Lah. Yeah, would be always better, I think. Okay, so, so one, one, one thing I was thinking of when you were, as you were talking about, it's like um, design thinking is maybe even the term uh, design thinking uh, very human-centered because uh, sometimes I might, I might feel like, are you, what's this like, uh, methodology that I need to follow uh, and... and um, it, it feels like, oh, design thinking is this uh, silver bullet to, uh, you know, solve whatever problems that I have. Uh, so, maybe, uh, if you were to rephrase design thinking to be uh, maybe even more understandable by, by people, uh, yeah, how would you do that? Mm, I think the more accurate, and uh, which is, now becoming more commonly used is the human-centered design process uh, or the human-centered innovation process or the human-centered creation process. I think because um, when you use the word human-centered, it embodies a little bit more of the value and the motivation behind it. And you can see design thinking as only a method uh, or one process uh, or one framework to get to a sense of human-centered uh, process. Um, and I think that's important, like, uh, for example, when we did um, a project with the nursing home, it was people-centered care, right? So, um, it became, um, it was anchored then by the value that is people-centered, or person-centered, sorry, person-centered care. So, it was anchored by that person. So, you, you, but there's multiple ways to get to a person-centered care. There's multiple frameworks, multiple measurements, multiple um, um, met methodology, right? Um, but that person-centered care um, kind of example is that, that value is person-centric. It's, it's person-centric. And, and person means one. So it's kind of nice to know that it's an individual person-centric model of care. So when you look at um, design thinking, um, sometimes engineers will say, I don't need design thinking. I'm, I'm practicing engineering, right? Um, or finance. I'm doing finance. Why do I do design, right? But if you use it as a value-driven thing, like it's human-centered, it's about people, then um, it applies anywhere, everywhere. Um, but I, I would think that it's a maturity of um, information and knowledge also, or rather the widespread um, um, adoption of, of vocabulary. Um, so when you first roll out something new, you need a, a, a simpler anchor that says, okay, what is the four steps that I need to do? Or what is the three things I need to do to get there, right? When you want to first roll out. And that's why I think design thinking um, you know, coined by or popularized rather by IDO is, is great because then everybody suddenly have a very fixed way to do it. Uh, of course, along the way, you got backlash from designers and say, oh, do you know, like we are kind of um, uh, um, underselling or kind of repackaging things in a too simplified manner. But I think it's simplified enough so that um, majority of non-designers can pick that up um, and then practice it and then subsequently move up the value um, communication that this is not just about design, it's actually human-centered. And you say, if you start with human-centered, people might get a little bit lost, right? Like, well, I mean, what do you mean human-centered? Like, isn't everything human-centered? So what do I do about human-centered? Isn't my, my uh, uh, legal practices human-centered, you know? So you get a lot of um, um, debate and, and misalignment, but when you do a very simple framework, so we always say it's quick wins, small steps, right? It gets you towards the bigger goal of human-centered design. Um, so I, I guess um, design thinking for me uh, might not have been a very um, um, kind of uh, accurate way to, to define design, 
but it was an instrumental method and um, communication to get us towards a more human-centered um, design state or process. And, and that's why I think a lot of times you see even in briefs or tenders, you know, they start writing human-centered. Uh, it doesn't need to be a user journey anymore. It doesn't need to be a design thinking. Although you will still see that as deliverable because that's how they understood of the methodology of getting there. Uh, or rather a tried and proven way that if I do a user journey, most likely I will get to a rather human-centered outcome because I do a user journey. Or you know, if I do apply design thinking pro, um, you know, pro, uh, um, a procedure, so to speak. Yeah. Hi, I'm Matt, one of the hosts for Stuck in Design and we've been working on this podcast for a couple of months now and we really want to know what you think about it. Um, yeah, whether you like it or you don't like it. Yeah, please leave a comment down below on any of our platforms. Thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next week on Stuck in Design.